0: Welcome to the MarTech
1: Podcast. Today we're gonna discuss the way to measure and evaluate an out of home marketing channel in transportation marketing. Joining us is James Heller, who is the co-founder and CEO of Rapify, which is an omnichannel advertising platform powered by the gig economy. Rapify takes a performance marketing approach to give brands the ability to target and scale an out-of-home campaign nationally by providing them with access to over 200,000 drivers with wrapped cars and a real-time analytics dashboard. And today, James is going to tell us how out-of-home and transportation marketing should fit into your brand's marketing mix. Okay, here's my conversation with James Heller, the co-founder and CEO of Rapify. James, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Pleasure to have you here. I'm excited to talk about what is a traditional marketing channel that I think has shifted to be kind of a, an, a non-traditional marketing channel over the the past 20 years with the rise of more digital technologies. It seems like an area where what's old is new. Talk to me a little bit about your background and how you got into out-of-home marketing at Rappify.
2: Sure. Before launching Rappify, I ran global digital marketing for uh, the world's largest technology wholesaler. Before that, I was a marketing director. So I've always sat in the marketing seat. And I've always been fascinated by out-of-home and its impact, but I was equally fascinated by how lacking out-of-home advertising was from a measurement standpoint. So when we first set out to build Rappify, the focus on measurement and attribution was always at the forefront. And be able to also leverage this new workforce in the gig economy to be able to deliver really impactful geo-targeted messaging that's measurable. That's something that I wanted to see. I actually wanted to use a service like this and couldn't find one. And it just it ate away at me long enough to where I quit my cushy Fortune 50 job and uh, dump my savings and 401k and everything into building this.
1: Sounds like a logical thing to do. Life is good. You're working at a Fortune 50 company. And uh yeah, let's go start a startup and put it all on the line. So I mentioned that my experience, people think of out of home, or at least I thought of out of home when I was in college as, you know, billboards, traditional marketing, putting a brand up in a static place and, you know, hoping that people notice your advertisement and see it on a regular basis. What is the old way that people were evaluating the performance of that campaign? And how has that shifted with the rise of companies like Rappify?
2: I think in the historically traditional out-of-home and just out-of-home in general has been a top-of-the-funnel brand marketing exercise where if there was any metrics, they were anecdotal at best. And then as the rise of Rappify and, and other platforms in the out-of-home space over the course of the past three years have, have emerged, we started to see this shift from top of the funnel brand marketing to something that's a little bit more performance driven, something that's kind of upper mid funnel. And that's typically where Rapify is evaluated and positioned. And the reason for that is the ability to track what this exposure does in terms of driving a conversion on a website, a conversion in an app, as well as being able to drive retail foot traffic. So rather than it just being a brand reinforcer, it's actually been something that's driving a conversion, which is not necessarily the case in most traditional out-of-home. And if you look at the way the entire industry is going, attribution has become the buzzword in the out-of-home space in 2019. If you look at the way big, large out-of-home platforms, the ones that have dominated the traditional out-of-home space, you'll notice that everybody's trying to create some new way of being able to approach attribution for marketers.
1: So talk to me about what some of the major channels are. I I mentioned that there is billboard advertising as an out-of-home. What else do you consider to be in the out-of-home category?
2: Out-of-home consists of pretty much any brand message that is delivered to you outside of your home. That's the definition. But if you look at the actual placements, billboard advertising, transit advertising, that includes advertising on bus shelters, on the side of buses, street furniture, airport advertising, any sort of advertising that is posted in an outdoor space. That's typically what is defined as out of home or traditional out of home.
1: Walk me through the dynamics of buying out of home advertising. What's the level of inventory that you need? How should you be evaluating the purchase of these campaigns? You know, What are some of the expected results?
2: If you're to take a walk down memory lane, if you're to look at the way out-of-home traditionally was purchased, normal channel is brand goes to an agency, typically a specialty agency that focuses on out-of-home. They look at the parameters. So maybe it's a geographic region you're trying to target, the amount of market share you want to be able to capture. So maybe a quantity of eyeballs or a quantity of population. So technically that's reach. And then also the frequency. So how many times you want people to see this throughout a four-week period? And those are the core tenets in how you plan an out-of-home campaign. Today, and what's changed quite a bit since Rappify started, as well as uh, several other new platforms in the out-of-home space, today, buying out-of-home has become a lot easier. Some of these traditional agencies have started their own platforms for making it easier to create inventory allotment for a brand. So make a purchasing decision a little easier, be able to deploy inventory a little faster, with the rise of a lot of these new digital out-of-home platforms. And then there are self-service tools now that a brand could completely use to circumvent an agency and do it all on their own behalf. There's several that have emerged in the past couple of years. Some of the larger agency holding companies and even some of the specialty groups have started building their own because they're realizing that these tools are going to take market share away from their traditional agency model so they have to do something. So I think today as a marketer, buying out of home is easier than ever and being able to be informed on what that out of home purchase is actually doing to drive an outcome for the brand is even better than ever. So it's a really cool time to be leveraging out of home as part of your media mix.
1: Here's the thing that I think about when I'm putting together a marketing plan and I'm thinking about where out of home fits. A lot of the times the channels that cannot be tracked don't get enough credit. Because you can't attribute the value that they're driving to them. And so people generally shy away from them. The problem that I have with out of home, just categorically, or at least maybe now it's different and you'll enlighten the audience about this, is if I put a billboard up in Times Square, and even if it was the only billboard in the world, I don't know how many people are there. And I don't know how many people are going to show up there consistently. So that creates inherent risk right? You might be getting a brand impression and you're getting it for a broad amount of people, but you don't know if they're actually going to show back on a routine basis. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. How do you think of placement, the number of impressions, and then the frequency? How is that all determined?
2: I think today, the how many people were there conundrum, that question has actually been answered. There are several organizations that really help. The main tentpole that owns out-of-home media measurements called Geopath, they handle a lot of the different third-party media measurement for out-of-home. And that's really more quantifying, like how many people saw this. But I think marketers are becoming less focused on the how many and more focused on what the outcome of the folks exposed actually looks like. And going back to that risk scenario, if you know how many people were exposed, but still have no idea what they did after exposure, you as a brand marketer are still exposed to that same risk. Because just because you have an impressions number doesn't mean that you actually drove an outcome for the brand. Now, today, out of home is becoming something that you can measure the outcome, that attribution, that's where attribution comes into play. That's why you're seeing a lot of other brands that might have shied away from leveraging out of home, start leveraging it more and more today. And if you look categorically, out of home, while it makes a very, very small portion of the total pie of advertising spend in the US, I think it's eight and a half, maybe $9 billion annually, that is still growing. It's growing at about 4 or 5% year-over-year. Year. It's one of the only channels that's growing outside of digital, while most other traditional media formats are actually declining. And that's because it works. At the end of the day, out-of-home does work, and it's becoming a lot easier and more feasible to measure how well it's working. I think that's why we're seeing the adoption of out-of-home with tech companies leveraging out-of-home, B2B, a typically a vertical that doesn't necessarily leverage out-of-home that much is starting to leverage out-of-home quite a bit more. So being able to actually measure that and not just quantify the eyeballs, but be able to actually measure the outcome.
1: So walk me through the process of measurement here. My guess is that GeoPath is using mobile app IDs to understand how many people are exposed to a given ad and then figuring out by some sort of pixel whether they're converting. Am I thinking about this the right way?
2: I'm not totally sure how GeoPath provides that layer of attribution. They leverage a number of different data sources, but I could definitely speak to how Rappify measures an audience. So we use traffic data, live traffic data, and historical traffic data and our algorithm to measuring moving out-of-home object. And we patented that in 2016. It's what got us on the map, won a bunch of awards for it. It's something that really differentiates Rapify because move, something that moves in the out-of-home space is inherently more difficult to measure. Now, going back to attribution, how not just Rappify, but several other platforms in the out-of-home space measure attribution, you're entirely correct. But being able to use the latitude and the longitude of of an out-of-home placement and be able to see how many devices were in that exposure radius, typically you're creating a look-back window. So you're eliminating people that were already frequenting that website or that app or going into that retail store environment. And then you're creating control, which are folks that are never exposed. So those mobile app IDs that were never within a specific radius of that out-of-home placement. And then you compare the two audiences. That's something that provides the out-of-home world with a ton of firepower. It also is what helps move out of home from top of the funnel brand marketing further down the funnel. And that's, I think, the big shift that you're seeing today. What's amazing about it, though, too, is... It's not just an anonymized piece of data that we're using, but it's very prevalent. There's a lot of different sources for being able to pull this data to be able to use uh, and create an attribution model.
1: Talk to me about the pricing methodology or the pricing that is prevalent in out of home. Is it something that's measured on a CPM basis? Are you doing a cost per placement for a given month? How should people think about what they're spending on a given placement?
2: I think it really depends on the out-of-home platform. If you're looking at digital out-of-home, they're starting to move down a direction that's a lot more similar to display advertising online, where there's a bidding platform that's helping allocate the inventory, which is cool, it's great, it allows brand marketers and folks to be able to push their inventory out on the fly.
1: When you say digital, you mean it's actually a billboard, but it's a digital billboard that can rotate impressions out. Okay.
2: And then on the more static placements, you're typically looking at a cost per four-week period. Usually media and production are broken out. At Rapify, we blend all those into one easy price per vehicle. We don't charge extra for attribution. I don't believe in charging extra for attribution. I think that'd be If Google were to say that they take your money, but then not and then charge you extra for display ad metrics, that would be kind of absurd, right? You expect it. And I think that that should be part of how out of home is measured. So at Rapify, we don't believe in breaking those two components out. We want to make sure that attribution is always included with everything that we deliver.
1: I'm going to press you a little bit more about the pricing and try to get a sense of the range. You know, I think that I'll use the traditional billboard example. You know, if I'm putting up a billboard, one in Times Square and one in Des Moines, Iowa, what is the range of pricing in the middle of the town center for a month? How do I figure out what is a reasonable price point? Is it $5,000, $50,000, $500,000?
2: Those are two totally opposite ends of the spectrum, obviously, if you look at out of home from a CPM standpoint, the national average is between $5 and $8 per CPM, but when you look at Rapify, we're about half of that. If you look at doing an out of home campaign in Des Moines where you're capturing in the entire audience in Des Moines, you could probably do that for less than 100 grand a month. But same, I mean looking at one prominent piece of inventory in Times Square, you could spend orders of magnitude more than that depending on the placement. So Obviously, location, location, location still applies. There's a lot of real estate related metrics to out of home for that reason. I mean, Times Square is kind of an outlier because it's more of an ego driven buy.
1: I guess the difference is what's the difference between a billboard, what I'm really asking, a billboard in a major urban metro and a smaller city to understand the range?
2: So... A mid market brand could easily afford to do something locally. And most of the out of home spend on a national front is local ad spend. You could probably get something on the road for 60 to 100K and be able to drive a lot of value out of it. You could spend a lot less, but as with any ad medium, if you don't put enough of it out there, it's almost like a waste of time. So you don't end up saturating the audience and actually be able to penetrate that
1: market. Right. Not a lot of value from a single impression. You need that repetition. I guess my takeaway here and the last question I have for you today is about targeting, right? If you're looking at tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of dollars for a campaign to be successful, and we're talking nationally, right? So these aren't small campaigns. The CPMs are relatively low. You know, you mentioned somewhere between $2 to $5. That's not a ton. It's definitely cheaper than digital advertising. You're not going to get a $2 to $5 CPM on Facebook for most places. It's hard to get that using Google. So, you know, CPMs are relatively low, but you're not targeted, right? You're basically covering a geography as opposed to being able to target. How do you think about targeting? Or is this just a, you know, you have to spread the peanut butter wide and thin and cover an entire geography?
2: I think the you're not targeting statement would have been more true five or 10 years ago than it is today. Now you can use demographic targeting to make sure the placement's in the right part of town based on the demographic you're trying to reach several platforms help make those informed decisions for a brand. So you could see where you want your placement to exist at Rappify. We actually built a demographic targeting tool to help brands geofence specific parts of the market based on demographic or psychographic requirements. So going back to that and then being able to layer in how that translates to a digital message. I think out of home is a great first touch. It creates a lot of relevance, especially in a really crowded space. So one of the things that we see a lot of brands do, especially on Rappify's platform, is use Rappify as the thing that establishes the brand recognition and the repetition. And we also offer retargeting features so we can retarget the audience exposed. And we're seeing a ton of brands leverage traditional out-of-home in a very similar regard where they're using out-of-home to hit that top of the funnel brand message and then be able to buy the audience and segment the audience that's been exposed to that out-of-home with a relevant digital message. So I think that it's again, how it fits into the media mix and how the brand is evaluating it, that's changed considerably compared to the way it used to be leveraged.
1: It's the beauty of the time we live in that something that has been an offline channel with very little attribution, very little analytic capability, all of a sudden now you have the ability to not only track but retarget people using something like out of home. Lots more that we're going to cover, but that wraps up this episode of the MarTech podcast. Thanks to James Heller, the co-founder and CEO of Rapify for joining us. In part two of our interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, we're going to talk about why transportation is a good fit in the out of home category. And if you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about James, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send him a tweet at Rappify, W-R-A-P-I-F-Y, or you can visit his company's website, which is rapify.com. A couple of links in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening, just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. If you're a subscriber to the Martech podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So we created benjshap.com slash question, where you can send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is BenJShap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with James Heller, the co-founder and CEO of Rapify, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Or if you'd prefer, you can also have our content delivered to your inbox. We have a once a week newsletter with links to our audio players, episodes, Summaries and the contact information for our guests. To subscribe, go to benjshap.comslash newsletter. All right, that's it for today, but until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.